This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. What happens when a popular rock radio DJ retires, sells everything, and with his wife, takes off in an RV to see America? Ho, ho, ho! It's the Rockin' the RV Life podcast with Jeff and Patty. Join them each week as they share their experiences while giving you advice and tips along the way. Hi, I'm Jeff Kinsbach. Hi, and I'm Patty Kinsbach. And boy, do we have a guest for you today. Yep. As everybody knows, it's been a challenge with high fuel prices and inflation. And it doesn't matter if you live in an RV or you live in a home. Just go into the grocery stores and eye opener. Yeah, we recently stayed in a place called Parker's Crossroads, Tennessee for the night. And we went to a grocery store in nearby Lexington, Tennessee. So we go to buy a jar of our favorite jelly. Guess what? Almost eight dollars for a jar of jelly. Ugh. It should be three or four ninety nine. Yeah. So how do we cope with this? Well, we have Jill Siriani with us, and she's the co-host of the Frugal Friends podcast and a licensed clinical social worker who dissects the source of behaviors that cause trauma with money. Now, not only does she have great ways to save you money. Oh yeah, she's also going to tell you how to earn money. She calls it side hustles. Jill, welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff and Patty. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's great to have you on because not only do you deal with finances and helping people get out of jams, but you are an experienced RVer, aren't you? I am, yes. I have lived in an RV for two years total. No longer living in an RV now, but Mm -hmm. loved the lifestyle. I would absolutely do it again. You had a certain reason to live in an RV, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I think a lot of people, when they hear of, oh, I'm going to live in an RV full time, they think, oh, you're going to travel. You're going to do all this cool exploration. And that wasn't the primary reason for my husband and I to purchase and move into an RV. It was primarily to cut costs on living expenses. We saw that that was one of the biggest expenses we spent monthly and annually. And I really wanted to get my master's degree, but I kind of drew this line in the sand saying, I do not want to go into further student loan debt to get that master's degree. I was still in the process of paying off my undergrad degree. So it was either I won't do it or I'll do it, but I won't go into debt for it. And this was one of the ways that we identified as really cutting costs on one of our major expenses, which is living. And so my husband and I were able to live in an RV, cut costs like we thought. We ended up selling the RV for a profit because we did some renovations on it. And we did it. I got my master's degree without going into debt. So we did do some traveling in it, but it was primarily parked in one place and we just lived in it. Now, where did you live at the time? Where was that? We were outside of Philadelphia, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. So okay. we definitely did some some bitterly cold winters. Oh. We dealt with some pipe freezing. Oh. So I definitely don't totally recommend uh, wintering up north in an RV. But yeah. but we did it, and we got we got grittier because of it. Oh yeah, it'll definitely give you a thick skin. No mm-hmm. doubt about that. <laughs> oh yeah. 
You guys, when you started living in an RV, were pretty much in debt by what? Over 50 grand, right? Yes, about $56,000 of debt that we ended up paying off February 2020. So if you know what came in March, <laughs> that oh was a really good gosh. feeling to have been debt free. Oh my gosh. So I'm, I'm assuming you bought a used RV. Was it a motorhome? Yeah. So the first RV that we purchased mm -hmm. was a 2001 Winnebago Adventurer, mm -hmm. 35 foot. Mm -hmm. And that was what we lived in first. That was what allowed me to cash flow my master's degree. And then the second RV that we bought was a lightweight trailer, a 2015 Keystone Bullet, only 22 feet. So we decided we would downsize the second time oh around. But you have a lot of financial advice for people and this is probably a great time to talk about this because we are going through high inflation high fuel prices mm -hmm. that has hurt us a lot as we have traveled across the country mm -hmm. so where do you begin to cut back and how do you save you've got what five ways to save if you're rving right yeah absolutely and i think that this applies to anybody whether you're living in an rv or not i think the ability to save money when living in an RV might be a little bit higher just because it's a smaller space. So you don't need as much. The upkeep isn't as much. The utilities typically aren't as much, unless like you're saying, Jeff, you're traveling and you're paying all the all the money in gas, then yeah. that's another story. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the things that we like to talk about first, as far as saving more spending less cutting costs is looking at this concept of values-based spending and it really is a concept it has a lot to do with mindset but we have to start there any decisions or behaviors that we make begin with our brain and the way that we approach things and so understanding what our values truly are and aligning our spending to that is going to be of utmost importance and make the biggest impact for the amount of money we spend the amount of money that we save and that's a process i can't give you a 10 keys to find your values it does require us some introspection maybe even looking at our spending over the last two to three months where is the money going what does it say about what i value does it feel like it aligns with the things that i actually value and beginning to make our behaviors align with our values so what that allows us to do is say no and cut ruthlessly against the things that we don't actually value the things other people might be spending on of course for RVers, it's a bit of a non-traditional lifestyle i think you already have a really good backbone of saying no to things of, of kind of going against the grain so this is probably quite mm -hmm. familiar of yeah i can really truly engage with what's important to me and spend along those lines from there, if we want to get more tangible, certainly looking at the heavy hitters, transportation, food, housing. Of course, if you're living in an RV, you're kind of already doing that. You're probably experiencing some of the lesser expenses of living in an RV. But even still, I think we can still look at where are we parking? Uh, is there a way to reduce our costs on where, on where we're parking? Is it that right now the price of gas is so high? So, okay, should I stay put maybe for mm -hmm. a little bit longer? And I'm mm -hmm. not going to be traveling around as much. That's what do we I do. Need, yeah, exactly. Do I 
I need two cars? My husband and I, you know, when we look at transportation costs and the cost of owning a car and how much we actually drive and what we need, we made the decision about two years ago to go down to one vehicle. And yeah, there's barriers to that sometimes, but overall our expenses on those heavy hitters that I'm talking about are really sliced and diced. And then of course food, that's another massive variable expense month to month, where if we can be cooking at home more often, if we can be eating out less, we're really going to see a lot of savings. You know, you're absolutely right. We get a lot of people who will say to us, oh my gosh, you guys must be having a great time. You just go across the country, you eat in all these great restaurants. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) Uh If uh we ate in all those great restaurants, we'd have to sell our motor home. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. That's not always the lifestyle. Right. Yeah. It, and it is fun to go out. And if that's a value mm-hmm. for for you, then absolutely make room in the budget and cut on the other things that you don't value as right. much. But for, for my husband and I, we realize we really enjoy the experiences of eating out, but it doesn't need to be every day. Right. right. That's a once a week thing. And mm-hmm. I can get creative with meal planning and reuse using ingredients so that I avoid food waste. That's a lot of where money goes down the drain in when it comes to food and grocery shopping is the food waste. So, so many ways that we can be reusing some of the ingredients that we've purchased, repurposing them. How do we avoid waste when going to the grocery store and not buying things that we don't need or that we shouldn't or that... Like tubs of ice cream and... (laughs) Bottles of wine. (laughs) Now those are a necessity. Right, Right. that's right. (laughs) Right. Thank God. It's a great question. It's one of the questions we get asked most often. And I think, again, it's because it's it's a big expense. Food is a big expense for us, but it's a variable expense, meaning that we do have some level of influence and control over how much we spend monthly. It could be anywhere from $150 to $1,000 that people spend on their grocery budget every month. And so some of the things that we can consider when going to the grocery store is first preparation, thinking ahead of what am I going to eat over the next week? So let's say we're shopping, we're grocery shopping weekly. Making a meal plan ahead of time is going to cut a lot of that impulse spending and the purchasing of things that we don't need. And before we go to the grocery store, it not only includes thinking through what am I going to make this week, but it also means that we're taking inventory of what we already have in our pantry and fridge. That is a huge way that we can waste money and waste our resources Mm -hmm. is getting to the store and thinking, ah, do I have that? I don't know. Sometimes if I'm in a hurry, I'll just snap a picture. I'll take a picture of my fridge. I'll take a picture of my pantry. If I don't have time to do like a deep dive into what do I have, Uh when I'm at the store, I can know. I had this time where I was buying so much shredded cheese. I don't know how it happened. (laughs) I ended up with like five things of shredded cheese in my freezer. (laughs) It's like always what I'm afraid I'm going to run out of. Uh So having an idea of what do we already have? How can we utilize what's in our fridge and pantry included in our meal plan for that week? And then what are the little things that we need to fill in that meal plan with? From there, we want to really look at what's in season. We're going to save the most money on our expenses, particularly our meats and produce, if we look at what's on sale currently and what's in season. So, you know, if you're living up north in the winter, you're you're going to get the better deals on your squashes and your maybe apples and the things that are local and in season. Of mm-hmm. course, you're going to spend more money on your strawberries and your oranges. <laughs> 
in the winter because they've got to ship them in, right? That's right. You're not right. in the right. dead of February growing raspberries. So mm-hmm. maybe don't plan on raspberries for that week. Yeah. And from there, if you can avoid, if we can avoid a lot of those middle aisles, that's what's going to cost us. It's those prepackaged convenience foods. It's the condiments. It's the items that are specialty that we only need for one recipe and then we never use it again. So really cutting down and simplifying the meals that we make each week, how we're shopping in season, avoiding those middle aisles, preparing, making food out of what's already in our fridge and pantry, we're really going to see a big difference in our grocery bill. But I also think you don't want to go to the grocery store hungry. (laughs) That's not good. No. That's another good tip. Yes. And then, of course, you know, for for a fourth tip, I know we want to cover a lot here. I would say negotiating as much as possible, negotiating utilities, negotiating bills, negotiating our compensation when it comes to the, the jobs and careers that we're in. That might not be as relevant for you, but negotiating even our salaries, because a lot of times, you know, increasing our earning potential can help us in our ability to save more. There is the concept that you know we can't out earn our spending we do always want to start with our spending and where can we cut but sometimes an increase in our earning potential is going to push us over the edge and allow us to save even more um, and experience greater financial freedom in that regard yeah it makes a lot of sense a lot of people don't realize that yes you can negotiate You can negotiate the sale of your RV. You can negotiate the sale of your car and just about anything. You know, you go into a store and you say, okay, I need a refrigerator. I I don't want a white refrigerator. I want a green refrigerator. But the green refrigerator is priced $50 more. Why? Because Mm -hmm. they can get it. But if you sit there and say to them, you know what? I'd buy this, but I don't want to pay $50 more. At least you have a shot at maybe reducing that price. Yeah, absolutely. Even going to your scratch and dent kind of outlets Mm -hmm. for some of these bigger high ticket items. We got our fridge at about 70% off just because it had a few dents on the front of it. I don't mind that. I can cover that with a magnet. I like the 70% off on a very nice fridge. So there's always ways that, that we can cut. I just recently negotiated my internet bill down $20 a month and they gave me a $100 gift card because it was something they were offering to new customers. I asked, even though I was a previous customer of theirs, can I get that too? And they said, sure. So there's there's always opportunity. If we're willing to pick up the phone, put in an hour of our time to negotiate down any and every bill that we've got. You know, you're right. You absolutely are right. And it's funny because you got the cell phone companies, you got the internet, you got cable, or whatever bill that you have, they slowly sneak up the price over time. And the next thing you know, it's like, wait a minute, hold on a second. I'm a good customer. I pay my bill every month, but why am I getting an increase? If you pick up the phone and call them and and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go to another company. Next thing you know, whoa, 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 hold on a second. We have an introductory deal for you. 
you cut your expenses that way. Yeah. You know, another thing too, Patty is like the thrift store queen. That's oh. amazing, Patty. I love thrift stores. Me too. A lot of people don't realize there is a secondary market for clothing and other things. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Buying secondhand first. We mm-hmm. absolutely encourage people to start there. Before we ever think about purchasing new, we want to look at first do I really need this? Is this going to solve a problem for me? Is it a convenience that's actually going to help me? Do I actually need this? Mm -hmm. From there, can I make it? Is there something within my home or my space that would solve the problem that I'm experiencing without needing to purchase something? And if we've made it through those two layers and we're still saying, yes, we need to purchase this thing secondhand, whether it's a thrift store or eBay or Facebook marketplace, buying secondhand not only can save us money, but it keeps more and more out of the landfill Mm -hmm. and kind of puts a pause to some of this throwaway culture that we've started to see over the last few decades. And then from there, if we cannot find it anywhere, then we can consider buying new. But even then, we can find discounts. Uh, we can find coupons, we can find cash back opportunities. So there's always a way to find what we need or create what we need at a lesser cost than just the ease of purchasing new at full price. Mm -hmm. You have another subject here that is a great way to save or help reduce your expenses and increase your earning capacity. And you call it side hustles. It's a fun term. I know it's a new one for a lot of people. But. <laughs> I, love I, I love the term. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Side hustle. It's it's a, it's a it's a hustle on the side. Yep. <laughs> so absolutely, I think this is something worth considering for anybody. And it is what it sounds like. It's not our main gig. It's maybe not our full time career that we're in, but it's something on the side that can earn us more money and help us to spend less, save more, definitely increase our earning potential. And so there's a couple of different ways that we can go with a side hustle. Some people go the direction of engaging their entrepreneurial spirit and beginning a side business. Others will look to something like a DoorDash or an Uber Eats or the Rover, the being able to walk other people's dogs or house sit. And, and so that truly is a side hustle where you're not necessarily starting a business, you're just kind of engaging in something on the side to earn you more money, something to help with some of that debt payoff or increase some of the savings towards a specific goal, whether you wanna go on vacation in a couple of years or you wanna buy a new house or there's some appliance that you're saving for, you name it. These types of side hustles can bring in a few hundred extra dollars a month, if not more, depending on what you're engaging in. One of the main tips that I like to give to people when considering a side hustle is that in order for there to be any level of sustainability, especially if you already have a full-time job, it needs to be something fun. It needs to engage a part of your personhood that you enjoy. And so maybe that means you love your career and it's just another portion of your of your job that you do during the day that you found a way to make extra money with it. But more often than not, it's something completely different. It is outside of what you typically do Monday through Friday, nine to five. It allows you to operate in a different part of your personhood. It's, it's life-giving, it's enjoyable, and it happens to make you more money. There's a little bit more sustainability with something like 
like that. Mm-hmm. For me, that's what this podcast was. Uh, my my co-host and I, we started the Frugal Friends podcast and my day job is in social work. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. It's high trauma, high human need. And a podcast where I get to talk to my friend about personal finance felt very lighthearted to me, something very different from what I do in my normal day-to-day and, and started to earn money off of that. Plenty of options to explore. There's lots of resources out there for people who are, hmm, I've never heard of this concept. What is this? Uh, lots of ideas for side hustles, whether you want to start a business or engage in someone else's business. Plenty of opportunities. But, but we love it. Yeah, every once in a while, you know, you'll go through the RV park wherever you are and you'll see people. There's a guy that actually fixes bicycles, which is a great concept. Uh, yeah. Because a lot of us like to stay active on bicycles and we all know bicycles break. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And not everybody has that skill set or know how. Mm-hmm. It could seem really simple and easy to the person who fixes the bikes of, well, I don't know why you couldn't just pump up your own tire. Yeah. Right. But for those who just don't <laughs> yeah. have that skill set, they're willing to pay right. 10 15 $20 for a quick bike fix. And absolutely, that's a great way to earn some side cash. What were some of the side hustle jobs you did while you were in the RV? So many. I have done my fair share of side hustle exploration. Like I said, the podcast is one of them and Mm -hmm. I did have the podcast wall living in the RV. It doesn't require much. It requires a laptop and a microphone and an internet if you can find it. Mm -hmm. So that has been a great one and has carried through the last four and a half years. Mm -hmm. Other side hustles that we did, my husband and I had a DJing business. So that was something that's weekends and evenings if you're willing to give them up but for me it was fun I was the MC we were playing fun music for people at their weddings or their parties and I got to be with my husband and another thing that we want to consider when it comes to side hustles is what's already in your back pocket what tools do you already have in your tool belt and for my husband he had he's a musician and has played plenty of local concerts and already had the music equipment so there wasn't a high cost of entry for us. We already had the speakers, we already had the cables and the laptop for the music. And so we could just show up with what we already had and DJ a wedding or DJ a party. I've also sold plants by the side of the road. I have been a pop-up bartender. That was another thing we, we, my husband and I created a mobile bar where that too was another wedding uh, side hustle where we would show up and bartend these weddings with our mobile bar. That's Uh, outstanding. Yes. Super fun. I'm not going to say all of them were high ticket earners, but particularly the plants on the side of the road. I maybe made a few hundred bucks, but it was fun because I got to dig in the dirt and sell these plants. It's therapy. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. I'm always looking for, oh, I'm, I'm enjoying doing this. How can I get someone to make me money to do this? Right. Great ideas. Well, we want to thank you for your time. You have been super. Oh, You've given us a so lot much. of great ideas and mm-hmm. hopeful 
Hopefully, mm. we can save people some money. We saw a jar of jelly the other day for eight bucks. <laughs> it should wow. be like about five, you know? Yeah. Yes. Uh. Yes. Oh, it's intense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, this is absolutely a time that we need to be implementing on what, what do we value? Let's spend there and let's cut on all the other things. Yes. Very good. Well, have yourself a great uh, rest of the thank day. Thank you so much, Jill. Appreciate you it. You as well. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Jeff and Patty. It's been a blast. Once again, thanks to Jill Siriani, co-host of the Frugal Friends podcast. Oh, yeah. She was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I hope we were able to give you guys some great tips and ideas on managing your money, too. The concept is to try to keep as much of your money as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Or how about making more money on the side with some creative side hustles? I like that. I know, me too. For example, there's a guy in our campground right down the street from us. He has a sign out front that says, haircuts, $25. Yep. He's got the chair set up out there and everything. <laughs> He's all ready to go. It's really cool. You know, if he gets four customers a day, that's an extra hundred bucks. Hey, thank you very much for listening. You can follow Follow us at RockingTheRVLife.com. We're Rocking the RV Life on Instagram. You can find me, Jeff Kimsbach, on Facebook. And we write a monthly column in the Sunday edition of the Cleveland Plain Dealer newspaper. See you next week for another podcast. In the meantime, Jeff, let's go get your haircut. No, wait a minute. Hold on a second. We don't even know this guy. It's right down the street. No, uh, <laughs> It's the Rocking the RV Life podcast with Jeff and Patty. Hear more of their adventures on the road with our next episode. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and tell your friends.